previously on Little Bit Leave It. Welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and today I am by myself for this intro because we are bringing to you the entirety of our interview with Worldwide Casting. If you want to know about what it's like to be cast on a reality show, what that process might be like, uh, this is the episode for you. We split this interview into three parts and casted each one of those episodes separately, but now you've got it all together. So, yeah, very convenient. And if you love it, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit. And thank you very much for listening. Now, here we go with Kathy and Joel from Worldwide Casting. We are incredibly excited for our guests today. We know that a lot of you listening out there are interested in what goes on behind the scenes of reality TV shows and how they are produced. And I'm sure many of you have considered trying out for a reality show, or maybe you never did the application, maybe you never sent the application, maybe you sent the application and never heard from anybody, or maybe you were on a date in the park and somebody approached you about a fake show, and the next thing you know, you're in a cab with Ben Bailey. But my cash cab story is for another time. My older siblings applied to be on The Amazing Race together, and their submission video was two of them going from the top of Manhattan to the bottom of Manhattan as quickly as they could without spending any money along the way. There are some good stories from that expedition, but unfortunately, none of them involve getting contacted by the casting team. So we really wanted to know what it does take and the process behind getting onto a reality show. So we have got Kathy and Joel from Worldwide Casting, who are going to tell us everything we need to know about getting on a reality show. And Kathy and Joel are currently casting for a whole bunch of top reality TV shows, including Big Brother, Temptation Island, one of our favorites, The Circle, and a whole, whole lot more. You can go check out their website, worldwide-casting.com, to see everything that they are currently casting. If none of you make it onto any of these shows, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Kathy, Joel, thank you so much, and welcome to Little Bit Leave It. Our pleasure. We're happy to be here. Excited to be here. So how did you two get involved in casting in the first place? I know that Kathy has been doing it for a while before she met you, Joel. So Kathy, maybe you want to give us a start how you got into the industry and then... Yeah, um, a friend of mine and I, she was an actress at the time, which then I, she, she was not doing very well at the time because she was a childhood actress on commercials. And I looked at some of her reels and I said, you were great as a kid, but it's not looking so good as an adult. So I think that you're such a go-getter, though. Have you ever thought about getting into casting? And she said, no, actually, I hadn't. So ironically, the very next day, she wound up being contacted by a longtime friend of hers who had gotten into casting in the meantime. And she said, hey, would you want to be a casting assistant on something I'm working on? And she's like, Sure, it's weird that you even bring that up because we were just talking about this yesterday. So that was kind of the start. And I ran things behind the scenes 
And she was more of like the send the emails, make contact with the people and so on and so forth. So that's how we got started. And then Joel came in not long after that. We had been doing casting probably for about, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe up to that point. And then Joel came in and he said, how do you guys work all this? And we said, well, we just keep collecting business cards from people when we go out onto the streets and go into bars and go to the beach and go wherever we can find these people, because that's how casting originally was done. And to some degree, it's still done that way to this day. But Joel came in and he said, so when you guys are looking for people, you file through these stacks of business cards. Is that how you do it? And we're kind of like, yeah. And he said, you guys need to get automated. You don't have a database. And we're like, no. And then he said, well, let me help you guys get your database going. So that's where he came in and he took all those business cards and started logging all these names and information in. And all of a sudden, then from that point on, we started growing our database. And so that's where Joel came in and he just started technical support with us piece by piece by piece until we got to a point where we were really high functioning. Yeah, I basically helped them take things from where casting was and how it was done at the time. And I have a web development background. So with the tech things that I knew at the time, I helped them get into the hybrid of how it was done to how it is done today and will be done in the future. When ish are we talking about? I'm just curious. Can you place us in time? It was about seven years ago. 2013, 2014. I mean, we've been at this for quite a while, so it's like the years go blurring by. I've heard you say that your agency is different from others that you know of. Can you talk about that a little more? Explain explain that to us? Well, I would say the difference is in terms of more of on the production side of things. So when we're dealing with how we actually find the people that we do, that we send over to the producers or the casting directors or the casting producers for the shows, the people that we find and the methods that we find them are different than any other casting company out there. And going into the specifics of how we do that is more so our secret weapon of how we do that. So, Oh yeah, we're not asking for your proprietary info and your big secrets, but basically you guys get people onto shows you f- on, in a different way or do you find people in a different way? We definitely find people in a different way. The people that we do find, we like to tell them, the producers and whatnot, like these people have never even thought about being on TV. So they're the kind of people who are going to be really authentic on camera. They're not, they're not the typical people that you would regularly see on reality. Because the way it's done right now with the vast majority of people, as far as we know, we're the only ones who do what we do and do it the way that we do it. And what they're still doing is they're basically making cold calls or doing street recruiting or sending things out on Instagram or whatever, bots crawling around trying to find people. And it's gotten to the point because reality TV has been going for so long now that they keep drawing. They're all going to the same pools now. So they're not finding unique people. They don't know how to target them properly. They don't know how to reach in and get people, like Joel was saying, who've never even thought about being on TV before. So it's taken us the last three to four years to actually get to the point where this is workable 
because anybody else who's tried doing it the way we're doing it has failed at doing it because they just haven't put in the time, the money, the conscientiousness, just the, the things that all of a sudden, so we just started finding one piece after another and those pieces started clicking together. And when they all started really working together, we realized, wow, we have something that nobody else is doing and it's extremely effective and people who we cast for are blown away with the kind of people we give them. They're really, really happy because we're not giving them repeats. We're not giving, we're not recycling people that have been recycled a million times. We're getting all fresh people on a regular basis and that's something they didn't even think it would be able to happen that way because it's been done such a slow, expensive way for so long. So it's been pretty exciting. So let's talk about these people. What kinds of people usually approach you? What kinds of people are excited to be on reality TV? When you asked that question, I immediately thought of basically everybody and anybody you can think of. We definitely receive a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a ton of emails. And then when you go onto our website, you'll see all the application forms there. And the amount of submissions that we get is an overwhelming amount. So when we're going through who these people are, like they are people from all walks of life and they are from all over the world, literally, for different reasons, obviously, in life and what their circumstances are. But it's always pretty crazy to go through them. And as a kid and even growing up, I was always had this thing where I'm driving around in the car or something, I'm looking around, I'm like, what do all these people do every day? Like, what is everyone actually doing every single day? And this gives us a glimpse into that. Definitely. All these people are just like everybody else, just like you, just like me, like basically just trying to find out what's going on. And also people going through a lot of struggles, a lot of struggles yeah. happening in people's lives. And they want and are looking for something different. Yeah. We get a lot of those kind of applications. You know, they just feel like maybe if they were able to get on a reality show that somehow, which it would, I mean, it changes people's lives <laughs> without question. We always try to kind of prepare them for what's to come because once you start into the production side of things and you're actually being produced, the show itself is being produced, it's pretty overwhelming for them. So it's kind of like we try to prepare them and it makes a big difference for them. And the way we go about picking people is we have a certain criteria that they're looking for. So if they check all these boxes that meet the criteria, then that at least we put them into the category of consideration, right? Because some people will just apply, they, they, they're not even close to what we're looking for, but they figure, what the heck? And that's fine. I mean, because maybe if they're not right for the show we're working on or they applied to, they might be perfect for another show. Yeah. And so we always tell people, don't ever be discouraged to submit to something because you never know what you're going to be right for. And you're going to be in our database and we will pull you up because... All the information is there and we'll know, hey, they weren't right for this, but hey, let's check them out and see if they're going to work for this show. It's it's crazy. I, w I mean, in a way, it would be funny if we were reading off some of the <laughs> submissions that we get because their lives, they just go into these stories and we're just saying, wow, there's so many people. I told Joel we should we should do a show where 
we we just select all the people who've been turned down for so long and just make a show happen for them because it would be really interesting. I'll tell you that. Much. I would totally watch that. I was actually thinking while Joel was speaking, I would love to see all of these different people from all over the place and what's in their brain, what's got them ticking, who are they now, who are they trying to be? Right. What's going on in their life and I mean, it, it really is interesting. We find ourselves just going into people's lives and saying, wow, look at what's going on in these people's lives and where they're at right now. And they'll they'll reapply and reapply and reapply. And there's times where all of a sudden, hey, this show's right for them. Let's let's get let's give it a shot. We're not the ones who make the final decision, but we definitely can influence have an influence over who gets on the show if they're if we've worked with them before and they're and they know that we really are really good at picking people. So that's kind of fun too. And when you're evaluating the applications that you receive, Joel, you mentioned I think the idea that producers want people who are going to be their authentic selves. So when you're reviewing those applications, are there things that you look for, you mentioned the stories that they tell. Are you looking for a certain amount of honesty or openness, or are you just looking for somebody who has really dramatic things to say? I mean, there's two ways that we kind of think about it as we're looking over these applications, which is in general, how do they come across? Are they interesting to keep on reading about them and what the answers that they're giving are talking about themselves? And then we're also thinking about the producer part of it, where what are what might they be thinking as we send them into them? How are they going to respond to these people? So there are a lot of times when we're going through the applications where we make some minor adjustments, not to change their point of view or what it is that they're trying to get across, but just how it's perceived by the producers. We try and help that as much as possible especially with applications that we think are great ones and could potentially be overlooked, like Kathy was saying, but mm-hmm. we try and give them a little leg up so that maybe they would be selected. I don't know. We just get so many applications and actually going through them. It's kind of like a reality show in itself, like Kathy was saying. If there was a camera, like a shared screen, and then basically just ripping through these people, it's so interesting. I mean, you kind of get lost for a while. As we're going through them, that you just see time kind of ticking by and it's like you're watching another reality show right there, the actual real one. Yeah, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that apply. So it's hard to keep your focus on what, okay, we're trying to pick these people. We'll just get caught up in their stories because Joel will be like, Cass, look, listen to this story. I mean, listen to what's going on with them. And it's crazy. And And it's what we love to do. A lot of people are happy to have people like us because they don't like casting. It's a really laborious process, but in the end, that's who winds up on all these different shows are, we're kind of the ones that at the end of the day, found the people and bring them onto the shows. And so we love it, but most people just say, oh, how can you go through all this? It's so tedious. So it's really you two doing all this. There's no like assistance or anything, right? This is... Yeah, like how it's run on a daily basis or for different shows or projects, they're all kind of unique. So the amount of actual recruiting or the amount of outreach or what's actually involved, it changes on a project basis. 
the one thing that's different about us is we're very tech backgrounded. So we do a lot of pre-work in terms of like scripting, coding, background work, and we try and automate as much as possible, but there are still humans behind it. Like for instance, as we're going through them all, to answer your last question, Ben, you know, we have the certain criteria that we have to include with the people before we send them. They can't just be somebody who doesn't meet the certain criteria. If they're only looking for women, we don't send men. If they're looking within a certain age group, we try and stay within those boundaries. So there is the criteria that we make sure as we're going through them all, we'll pull a, a list or a report of all the applications that meet these certain checkboxes. Then there's the more personality, physical appearance that has to go through by humans, by us. So then we'll go through those. But then ultimately, all of those final selections, they get sent over to Kathy here, and she makes the choices of, yes, yes, we need more info on this person, get some more photos of this person, ask the person these certain questions, and then they'll be good to send off. Because you want to present them in the best way you can. And sometimes they'll, that's one thing to recommend to people. Make sure when you apply to something, send as good a pictures as you can, because it really does make a difference how you come across and try to, you know, keep real specific on what you're answering so that it's easy to take your submission and use it instead of us having to correct it too much because it does take a lot of time. We, we think, oh, wow, these people would be really great, but we got to cut up their submission form a bit and make it be usable for the producers so they can just rip right through them. Say yes, no, maybe. Once you've made that decision to send somebody's application to a casting producer, how do you prepare somebody to go on to a reality show? We tell them, look, it's going to seem intimidating when you talk to the producers because then it's out of our hands. We're really user friendly to people. So they warm up to us really quickly because we're trying to help them get on the show, right? But then when they get changed over and if they're chosen, then they get into the hands of the producers and they are tough on them. And so I tell them, don't look at that as a bad thing. If they're intimidating, don't think that that's a problem. Ultimately, just know you don't have to be afraid. They're just looking to kind of vet it all out and give it a shakedown. And they're going to seem aggressive. Sometimes they're going to seem in sort of over the top, you're like, wow, I'm just applying to a reality show. I didn't know I was going to be taken apart. So I tell them, don't have that be the thing that stops you from continuing, because once they shake it down a little bit, you'll see if they actually really like you at that point, you'll move on to the next spot. So that's a really important thing to let them know, because before we started doing that, people would recontact us and say, wow, that was serious. And they were really hard on us. And so it's it's not really something to be afraid of. It's just something to know is going to be happening. The more we can prepare them, the better off their interview is going to go. And a lot of times they'll let us know, wow, that was really helpful because they did exactly what you said and we knew what to do about it. That's just an example of something that we do. That must feel really good. They'll feel like you're in their corner. And I don't know that much about show business, but I feel like my first impression is what you were just saying, that painting that picture of the producers kind of coming hard at you to see what you're made of. Right. To have that little cozy corner 
Must feel like a really good start. I don't know. I'm kind of inspired, Ben. You're kind of inspired? I'm kind of inspired. Okay. This face, well, minus the sunburn, this face was made for TV. I want to go back for a moment to the changing nature of how people get cast on these shows and also something that you guys said about finding people who are not the normal reality show contestants. Yeah. You know, we're a Love Island UK podcast. We like lots of different reality shows. First, we know you're casting for The Circle right now. Mm -hmm. We joked when we were watching the international versions of The Circle, including the first U.S. season, as well as Brazil and France, is they essentially had the same cast in all three countries, just with people speaking different languages. Yeah. The U.K. seasons, though, are a little bit more sophisticated in how they approach casting. When you're talking to producers and you're looking at those criteria, are there shows that are saying, okay, we want a very specific type of person. We want somebody who is really into sports and they're a weightlifter and hey, if they're not too smart, that that's good yeah. too. We want a bro. We want a hot girl. We want a very flamboyant, proud gay man. Like we want the fat lady. Because it seems like they kind of all fall into the same... Cookie cutter, not cookie cutters. That sounded negative. I love seeing all different kinds of people. Archetypes. Archetypes, thank you. Because I think the circle in a lot of shows would be sadder if everyone was carbon copies of each other. Yeah, to take the example of the circle on Netflix is who's producing that one. Yeah, basically you guys are right on the money. Yes. In terms of, for that example, like I was just thinking if I was the businessman behind all of those kind of decisions about what's going to be done on these shows, then I would look at that first season in the US for The Circle and how successful it was. And I'd be like, oh, well, that's a formula that works. So let's copy that in these other countries as we license that out to make sure that it works. So that happens across a lot of different shows where you know they see the formula that works. And well, that's kind of the problem, but also that is what they yeah. do because it does come down to money profits, shareholders, whatnot. So they see what works and they worked hard to see what that formula is and then that is duplicated. So the different types of people, yeah, we get requested all the time for different types of people, but they know who it is that they're looking for ultimately, but we're the ones who provide them the options of the real people who fit that criteria. And I think it was in the circle US season one, didn't Shubham say he wished there were more older people? And then in season two, there were lots of different age ranges. You know, that is true. They started to make, they started to have more age diversity in the show. Are there different thoughts and approaches to casting in the different types of reality shows? Say the competition shows versus the romantic competition shows versus home versus yeah, the home improvement shows. Or do they all have that kind of approach where we say, oh, these are the types of people that we want for this this show kind of like an overall kind of answer to that i would go with it depends on the type of show that it is because there's different criteria that meet for those different shows and what they're thinking of is the audience for those specific types of shows so the people who are watching for let's say yon the fix my life or a home improvement show or something the story is very important whereas physical appearance and whatnot wouldn't be such a big factor as opposed to the story of these people but then on the flip side, if you're doing a dating show, 
physical appearance is a big, bigger deal for that kind of a show. And the story is not so important or the intelligence level may not be so important. So it really depends on the audience of that show, what they're expecting to see and what's going to make them happy and watch it continuously. Sometimes we can even influence some of the choices that they make, too, because since we're dealing directly with the people, we could see ourselves, wow, if this person and this person was on the show, got on the show, and then we added this person in, the audience would really like that, right? And, and so we're able to, to throw in some people and say, look, we know these aren't the kind of people that you were looking for or you were asking for, but here's why we wanted to submit them and we'll make a special note. And that kind of opens it up for them a little bit sometimes. So when you're doing the casting, that's also what we're trying to remember is, hey, this is going, all these people are going to be on the same show. Let's let's mix things up in an interesting way for them so that maybe it wouldn't be something they were thinking about right now. But when they see them and then they think about them being on with these other people, it makes sense to them. And they say, that's a good idea. We're going to consider that. So sometimes even the people they're looking for wind up not being the people that we might choose. We might choose someone else mixed in. Right. So it's fun in that way with including a more diverse array of people. Obviously, that's the way the world's going. I think that's the way TV's going. But it could always be improved. It sounds like you're putting in who you feel are the best people for the job. Are you noticing more calls for a wider diversity of, you know, sizes, shapes, etc.? I think it depends on the show. Again, like Joel was saying, the dating shows, they look for a really specific kind of person. They want the hot guy, he's got this, and the hot girl has got that. And and the same goes over and over and over. They keep those shows pretty straightforward. But again, these are the kinds of things that you know over time, but they are diversifying in certain ways. I think it's really what their audience starts to request too. The audience yeah. gives them input here and there, and sometimes that can shape the show. Okay, Twitter warriors, you heard it. Get your favorite, get the producers of your favorite shows to get more people that you want to see. Maybe it'll work. Yeah, or tell us and then we can put it together and say, hey, look, all these people have been telling us this. You should listen to them. I was just thinking of Patty, who won the Circle, UK Circle season two. He was, you know, a gay man with cerebral palsy. And it was kind of a new thing, not only to see, but then he won. And he didn't win because of who he loves. He didn't win because of his glam sticks. He won because he was a funny, smart, friendly guy. But it was really nice to see him. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm sure that was one of those things where that could have been influenced by the casting. They might have said, look, I know this guy doesn't fit your criteria, but he's amazing. And take a look at him. That's why we always tell people, don't hesitate on applying to something because you really don't know. We're going to see if there's something in there that you think is your unique trait. Tell us. So that we'll have that. And then we can say, look, they may not fit in the in the box here, but they fit in a certain way. And here's why we think they do. And that is Kathy's superpower is people <laughs> and like who those people actually are. 
like when she's doing the interviews with these people, depending on the project we're working on, they might request that we do interviews with them, video, and then send in these recordings. And when Kathy is doing those, it is amazing to watch because how well she knows people, different types of people, what they're going through in their life, what their struggles are, who they actually are as a person. It's amazing to watch because she's able to pull those out of them and in the best way that anybody really could understand somebody. She's great at that. I mean, when they're like, we did this show a long time ago. It was a show about people who were trying to find their parents who'd been adopted, but they had never been able to find them. So going through the traditional channels that they were going through, they just weren't able to find them. So, but the producers and the, and the people behind the show could put in more money behind it and really go in there. And a lot of times they were able to find their people. Then if they fit the criteria for the show and they got on the show, then you know they would already know in advance that they were going to be able to find their parents. And it's amazing because when I was talking to these people, their stories, I mean, I'd just be like crying with them because it was like, whoa that has really made a huge impact on your life. And, and I feel where you're coming from. And then they would just open up even more. And so it's that kind of thing, just connecting with the people. I think that's the biggest thing to really relate to what it is and put yourself in their shoes. And ultimately, yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what the audience is trying to do when they're watching the shows, too. In a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. That is a big point right there. That's the whole thing. If you if the people can relate to the people or imagine themselves like what would they do? That's how they keep their audience happy. Right. Because they're just right there with them. They're sharing their life with them. And it's and that's what makes it work. That's what makes reality shows work. You know, that's actually one of the things that I think about Love Island UK and Love Island, the Love Island franchise in general, why it has become so popular, especially since the pandemic began 14, 15, 16 months ago, depending on where in the world you are. Just that Love Island gives people a little bit more of an in-depth look at people's personalities because they're releasing an episode based on every 24 hours as opposed to every 72 hours or every 96 hours or every week or whatever uh, it might be on, on other shows. Another thing about Love Island UK that I wanted to definitely bring up with you guys because you guys are the experts, we've noticed that on Love Island UK over the years, the way they've casted the show has really changed. The first season featured one or two people who had some modeling experience, right? But apart from that, oh, there was a guy who was kind of an unknown professional cricket player. Is that right? Yeah, they have a lot of half-hearted athletes. So they had those three people were the closest that you could say, closest to celebrities. And in the more recent years... We're seeing people who are the siblings or children of people who are already famous or the ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends of famous celebrities. Whereas those original casts applied, a lot of those people applied to the show. We know that the last couple of years, 
only one or two out of the 20 odd people who get cast are actually going through the application process on Love Island UK. Most of them are being scouted and they're being scouted by PR teams um, that are independent or by the show's producers themselves. And now we're also seeing people, there's a amateur boxer in the UK who is, I am convinced, getting his media team to spread rumors that he has already been cast on the next season in order to maybe raise expectations and oh maybe get people excited and put some pressure on the producers to actually cast him. So that is a very long-winded way of asking you, do you see yourselves increasingly competing with PR agencies, with agents who are representing people who are specifically trying to get on shows and feel like they have an angle? Um, are you seeing any changes about how these shows are cast in general? That's a good question. Um, they're, the agents are just looking more at, say, an individual that they have. And the chances of them influencing that uh, probably wouldn't be that high to some degree because they're an agent and they're looking at what an agent would look at and they're thinking this person they want to promote this person, but they may not be great for reality. Again, it, it takes a really specific person. They don't want any actors or models or specific types that are trained unless that's what they're looking for in a certain thing. So I would say, no, they don't have, from my opinion, wouldn't you say that's probably the case? I would say from the way I would look at it, they, they really wouldn't be able to influence as much as they might think they could just because of the people that they're looking for, the types of people. The agents are generally promoting someone that has a specific talent as opposed to what are they like in their real life. I think it also is influenced and kind of changes for which show it is that this example would be for. So I'm kind of just going off of what I might do in that situation right now, which is like, if there's a show that's kind of struggling with the numbers that they're seeing come in for it, viewership and whatnot, and they want to think, they might be thinking, okay, we got to give our audience a bit of a boost here so that we can keep on doing the show and sell it next season. So one of the ways that we have seen over the years that they do that is instead of going for a complete unknown who's a question mark, they don't know how the audience totally will react to this person. Let's go with someone who's more of a sure bet and who already has some kind of a social media following or who has a famous brother or sister that already comes with a guaranteed audience because they just put it to their followers, to their whoever's following them. Hey, you got to watch me on the show tonight. That's going to boost their audience that they know and guaranteed is going to happen. So that definitely has played a factor in who that they bring on the shows. But ultimately, for the real, real people who are on these shows that don't have a social media following that's huge, that don't have a famous brother or sister, the process is relatively the same. And which is expensive for them to do because you're pulling from pools of tens of thousands, if not more people, and you're looking for one person who's going to go on that show. It's crazy. It is a big process, definitely. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, especially, Kathy, what you were saying about how an agent is only looking to promote a specific person, whether or right. not they are the right person for the show. Whereas right. you guys are 
a little bit more objective, I would guess. Well, we're looking, we're really looking for what it is they want us to find them. And we're trying to find those diamonds that we know are going to make them go, wow, this person is amazing. You guys found like exactly what we're looking for. They're hiring us and that's what we're being paid to do. So we really take it real seriously and we really, really focus in. And like I said, if we find the odd person that we know isn't necessarily what they're looking for, but then we put ourselves in the producer's shoes and we still want to submit them, then we submit them on their own and give them the reason why we're doing it. So even if they don't necessarily fit, they could fit in the bigger picture and it would take it, take the show and spin it in a certain way. And that can have a big impact on the show too, because they're taking something out of the ordinary and they're putting it in the mix. And sometimes that really works. And sometimes they're like, no, 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 we want to just stick to this. At least there's people out there, you know, there's people out there like us that are looking for something different and can potentially have an influence. And give the underdog who's not going to have a chance a chance so yeah we're like that See, that's who kathy is she is in it for everybody really i mean i would want somebody if i were going to do something like that and i was interested in doing something like that i would want somebody to notice a unique thing about me that i thought was really something that they might be interested in and we do take note of that right because you never know so I have to ask you the questions now where I'm going to dig for a little juice. That was all very nice. So like, what was the craziest thing anyone ever said or did in a casting session or most memorable? It doesn't have to be juicy. I just, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask these very basic nosy questions. For me, as I'm watching the interviews take place and with Kathy and whatnot, the most memorable ones are <laughs> the one where everybody is crying, even me watching it. <laughs> Because these people open up they and do. they share who they really are. Like the things that they share when they get into it is you can't help but feel for these people and, and, and see what's going on. And everyone just comes together. It's like a crazy bonding interview experience. It is. And I mean, just their stories. I mean, the level of things that people have going on in their lives and why they want to be on a show and what it means to them. But the point is, is that to just watch us go through these submissions would be showing itself, I'll tell you. And then my other question was, have you cast anybody who's become kind of bigger than the show, like a Richard Hatch or an Omarosa, somebody who's now a household name? Yeah, a lot of the times, you know, they won't tell you who, you know, they're they're putting on. And since Joel and I, we really I know it sounds terrible, but we don't watch reality TV, believe it or not. How, how funny is that? When people are talking to us, we're just focused exactly on who they're looking for. And the only time we'll ever watch a show is when we need to get a better idea of who we're looking for. You know, so we don't really follow up on it a lot of the time. So Which seems kind of strange. But we know that we're we know when we get the feedback. Yes, you guys are on the right track. Keep going. So I would say we don't really follow up on that. Hmm. I mean, it does allow us to not be 
distracted in a certain way of going down certain rabbit holes of watching the show or getting caught up in something so that we are always fresh eyes when we're doing a new project. That does help in that It case. does, definitely. But we just are good at finding who it is that they're looking for. And that's kind of where we stop with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say over the years, it's definitely, we have heard of a few people, I would, I wouldn't even know the names right now who made it on the show and who are still doing whatever they're the Richard Hatch or whatnot. But like, I would just say that that's the reason why we're still in the business is because people are happy with who we're selecting. Yeah, we really get into the people. Definitely sounds like it. So if somebody is looking to get cast on a reality show, how can they tell the difference between a legitimate agency such as yours and the scammers who are out there the very first thing that right off the top the number one thing is if they ever ask you for money Boom. that's the number one thing to know no one should ever ask you for money when you're applying to a show if they come back and say we're going to need even 25 dollars to process your application they're a scammer period, because no one should ever be asking anybody for a dime. So even if you're asked for a dollar, don't do it. That's going to be the, the first thing that you should know. No. And if they pump you for information or they need a credit card to secure anything, forget it. Do not do it. I mean, we get people asking us all the time about that. And the only reason is because they're trying to get money from you or get your personal information to sell it. So you have to be careful in terms of that. And that's something that we're getting ready to do, which is we're going to start putting tips on our site so that people will know and they can ask us any question they want to find that out. Because, I mean, in all the years we've been casting, we've never asked anybody who we have had submit to us for money ever. And no one should ever do that, just so that they know right off the top. And there's a lot of scammers out there. Let me tell you, they comb for reality people. And it makes sense. They're thinking, okay, well, it's only $25. I can I could see they need that for an application fee. No, they don't. They're being paid. Right. They don't get paid from you. It's free to apply. Yeah, they're, they're probably testing to see how much money they can get out of you. It may start with an application. Because then after you apply, they can say, hey, they're actually considering you. Now we need to do this and that and we need you to do this and we need you to send us this much. And they just keep trying to do it until they've gotten as much as they know they can get out of you. And then they then they disappear. So that's a really good thing to know. It's a good yeah. question. Yeah. And that's, I would say, the number one thing that people need to watch out for. Now, there are casting businesses online who I wouldn't call them a scam at all in terms of you're paying them for a membership to be supplied with the opportunity to be casted on all these different castings that maybe they only exclusively get from a production company. So they're not asking you for money after the fact. They're asking you to pay a membership yearly fee like backstage, yep. for example, yep. one of the world's biggest ones. So there's that style of it. But one thing to keep in mind, which is okay, they're being paid by the production companies to put the castings out there. And as long as you're okay with knowing that you're paying them to not do anything, then that's okay. 
because that's just extra money income for them. And if you're okay with that, okay. Well, the ones that she's re Kathy's referring to are the ones who are, if it feels shady, if it looks shady, if you can't tell who they are and if they're hiding behind something and you don't feel like it's a good thing to go with, first of all, Google them. Secondly, type in their name into Google and type scammer at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Ask a certain, just keep on checking them out online first because the ones that are obvious scammers will have been busted before and somebody will be talking about them somewhere and you'll be able to find that information. Like Kathy said on our site, we're gonna have a list of the known scammer sites people can comment or be like, hey, is this one a cast? Is this one a scam? We're just gonna keep a list going. Because now they're just popping up everywhere because even people who they uh submitting an application to us for the first time there a lot of them are really hesitant like how do we know you're not a scammer it's really funny because our database since we communicate with people all the time in our database they jump on it and defend us we don't even rarely have to answer ourselves they're just like, I applied, they, I got contacted. It's funny because the people who know you over time start to then come in and defend you. But again, just what Joel was saying, Googling it is another big way because there's going to be a chance that they've been scamming other people before, so. That's all really helpful. And it's really nice that you're putting it on the website. I mean, I, I'm a relatively savvy person and it would never dawn on me that, you know, $25, that's a problem. That's what I mean. That's why I bring that yeah. up. They'll, they'll, they'll go for any amount they can because they can do it times thousands. Yeah, they'll start off really small. The first one could be a dollar just so that they weed out who's going to pay, who won't. And as soon as you put in that dollar, there's going to be another one for a little more and a little more and a little more. And they're going to be making you think that you're getting closer and closer to being on the show. So you're getting you get all excited. It's never any huge amount. So you just keep giving them these little bits, thinking you're actually go going moving down the turnpike to getting on the show. And all they're doing is just pumping you for money. But on their side of it, they're doing that 10,000 times a day with 10,000 different people. Right. So it definitely adds up for them if it's a dollar or twenty dollars. That's right. Times ten thousand. I mean, that's pretty good business right there if you're okay with doing that. Yeah, if you're okay with being a criminal and being unethical. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm kind of thinking that, gee, maybe I should start my own scam casting company. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't have whatever it takes or the lack of whatever one needs to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, when you think how hard a lot of these people work and that they're always on the run. You'd think if you put that much energy into something, try to find something legit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How can people get in touch with you? We mentioned the website worldwide-casting.com. What are all the ways that people can get in touch with you? Yes, our website has all the application forms on it. And anyone can apply to any one of them. They're all free and open to everybody worldwide. So... If you see one on there, we update them regularly. Feel free to check out the information. On every application, there is our email address. You can ask us any kind of questions. We're also on most of the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, basically anything. We have an account there. And after you apply to a show, you get an email that has a list of everything that we're on. We have our phone number on Instagram. You can text us. You can WhatsApp us. You can telegram us. We basically try and make it as accessible as possible. And we answer everybody's question. I mean, Joel is great about that. We don't ignore people. Most sites you go to, 
will ignore your question because they're just ripping through people. But we do answer everybody's questions. So if you have a question, don't don't hesitate on asking us. We will get back to you and we will answer your question. They can get backlogged sometimes. But like Kathy said, we will get to you. Yep. Wow. That's very, very cool. So we actually have a growing audience in a couple of different countries right now. So the fact that you are doing worldwide is interesting. We have now, India is now our second largest market behind the United States. Wow. Overtaking, yeah, overtaking the UK. We have a, we know we have our UK listeners out there. We love you guys. But the Indian music app called Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, when you search for Love Island podcast, guess who's at number one? Awesome. Yeah, and we're really excited to have you guys. So thank you you so much for all of the time. This was really, really fun. And And heartening. I said it before, but I'll say it again. It was heartening. You know, your approach, your personalities. If you are at all interested in applying to be on a reality TV show, go to worldwide-casting.com. Talk to Kathy. Talk to Joel. They will answer your questions. Apply. Go and do it. What are you waiting for? (laughs) <laughs> so, thanks so much thanks we're so lot, glad to guys. have you really great talking with you yeah thank you that does it for us you can find us on social media you can find me on twitter at lbli podcast i'm at lbli peng but you're much more likely to find me on facebook because i am old you can also find us on instagram i'm trying and you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. Please do that. We want to read your emails on the podcast. So until next time, from Staten Island to Love Island, I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights. I didn't even do anything wrong.